Good morning, everybody. Happy New Year. Thanks for joining us today here at Communitas Church. And for those of you online, we're so glad you're with us, too. We are starting a new sermon series today called Jesus is Better. So we're celebrate communion every week here at Communitas. So if you're at home watching online, you can take this time to gather your communion elements. And for those of you here um, in the building, we do have communion elements in a few spots throughout the sanctuary. We also worship with our giving every week here at Communitas. We are not passing the baskets right now, but if you're in the church, you can find um, offering baskets near the communion stations. And we do have three, uh, two additional ways to give. One is giving online at communitaschurch.com, or you can mail a check to the building at 824 Laurel Street. Brainerd, Minnesota, 56401. If you are interested in getting connected or more connected than you already are, we'd love to help you um, in that process. If you want to join a community group, if you are interested in membership, you're not a member yet. If you want to volunteer, we've got lots of places that we need volunteers. Um, or if you just want to get on the email list because you're not getting our weekly emails, we'd love to get you set up with that. You can email Pastor Mike at Mike, M-I-K-E, dot Gary, G-A-R-R-Y, at communitaschurch.com. And now I'll pray and we'll get back into worship. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to worship you this morning, whether it's online or in person we thank you that you are our God and you are our Savior. Please be with us this morning. Be with Pastor Mike as he brings his message. Um, I just pray that each of us would have ears to hear and hearts open to learn what you want us to learn. In your name, amen. Well, we're going to sing a little bit of an old-fashioned uh, song here this morning, but it feels like an appropriate way to start out the year and this new sermon series that we're going to be doing. So if you can stand and sing with me. Lord, we just we thank you for your constant presence. His glory is now we 
Sarah for helping out in the back. Good morning. My name is Mike Gary. I'm the pastor here at Communitas Church. And Communitas is a church that exists to love God and to love people and to help uh, build disciples that would walk in grace, grow in our faith. We do this by gathering in groups to explore the way that the Lord has gifted us and then use those gifts to generously serve in and around the Brainerd Lakes area to make more disciples that gather together, that would grow together that would go together. Because we see that this isn't, a, uh, this isn't something that we do on our own. All, m- most, if not all, of the verbiage throughout the New Testament and the Old Testament, throughout Scripture, is collective when it comes to growing. Um, so as Amanda said, we've, we've worshipped in a number of different ways. The next way that we're going to do this is through communion. And communion is a sacred meal that we, we ga- where we gather together around the table. And we do this, and it, it is a way to remind us not just of, of who God is and what He's done, but then also the fact that we are in this. 
together. And so there's two things that I want to emphasize this morning, that as we're going up, that one, um, if we're partaking in this meal, that we're partaking uh, out of the knowledge that, that we have repented, that we are following Jesus. And so it's a personal reminder that our life is, is in, in Christ is a life of repentance. It isn't just one time, oh, my bad, we move on, I'm good, right? But it's it's a story of resurrection. It's a story where we repent and are resurrected continually, where, where the Lord is going to, we need to continue to come to the Lord in repentance, continually looking to humble ourselves, to acknowledge our sin, and to, and to receive forgiveness. And then it's also an encouragement, because especially, is it, has anybody else had those moments where you're like, oh, I'm, am I, whether it's the faith or not, where you just go, I'm trying to do this thing, whatever this is, and, and am I the only one? Is this, is what I'm doing crazy? And as you look around, you see that, no, you're, you're not crazy. There's, or at least if you are, you know, you're with 50 other people, so you're not alone. So that's, that's good, and, and not, to men, not to mention however more we have online. And so when we do this, we participate with those who, with whom we're physically present, and also we stand uh, in a crowded room, right, in a room that, that is that's present and, and is, is uh, built upon the saints before us, those who have come before us. We're not here an island unto ourselves, but we're here as the byproduct and result of people who have invested into our lives and people who have invested into the lives of those who have invested into ours. And so we're here with other believers, and we go out to be a blessing to other believers, even some of those who are not yet believers. So we celebrate here what's called open communion, which means that you do not need to be a member of Communitas to celebrate communion with us, but we would say that you should be a repentant follower of Jesus. And so if that is you, come to the table, right? So we've got elements set out to the right and to the left and in the back and at home. Um, you've, got some, you've got the elements there. And so we're going to take some time to just uh, to, to focus on Christ, to focus on, on who is God the Father and what has he done. Who is God the Son? And how did Jesus live his life? And how does that inform the way that we live our lives? And then who is God the Holy Spirit? And what is the Holy Spirit doing in and through us? That he would both convict us of sin, confirm in us what we're doing that is good, all that we would more clearly and accurately articulate and convey the gospel to the world around us. We're going to pray that the Lord is going to give us specific names and faces. Because even in this time where we're, where we're distanced and we're not spending as much time in you know, close proximity to one another, there are still people with whom we interact with on a daily, weekly, monthly, or some sort of regular rhythm. And who are those people? And how might we better uh, show them as the beloved? So and if, you are, if you're here or you're, you're listening online or watching online and you're just going, I'm not really sure about this, this Jesus thing, we're glad that you're here. And this is a good place for you to be and these are good people for you to be around. And so we encourage you to ask these same questions. Who is God the Father, and what has he done? Who is God the Son, and how did Jesus live his life, and how does that inform the way that I live my life? And who is God the Holy Spirit, and what is the Holy Spirit doing in and through us? Continue to pray with me. Heavenly Father, we adore you. We praise you for all that you have, have made that we can see and that we can't see. And Jesus, we thank you for your obedience to the Father, for your service that you lived, died, and rose again, and that you left us your Holy Spirit. And so, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would continue to move in and through us, that you convict us of the things that we're doing that are not good, that would keep us from you, that would, that would, that would 
continue to, to expose the wound within us. Lord, confirm in us the things that we're doing that are good. Confirm in us the things that we're doing that are, that are freeing up the space between us. Lord, to whom are we to be sharing this gospel? Give us specific people. Let us not go out as a shotgun blast, but as a rifle. Help us to be focused. Help us to see specific people. Bring them to mind. Speak to us now.
last time that Jesus was together with his disciples, they shared a meal. Meals meant, I wasn't going to leave you. I wasn't going to forsake you. I was going to defend you. I was going to help you out. And knowing that all of his friends, these guys that had been spending the last three years walking around with him, seeing him do all sorts of wild signs and miracles, who said, yeah, we're not going to leave. Like, where else would we go? Would all in the next 24 hours leave him to die? And knowing that, he broke the bread, blessed it, and gave it to them and said, take and eat this is my body. And similarly, he took the cup and he gave thanks. He gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you, for this is the blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Lord, we praise you for this forgiveness, and we thank you that you've made this covenant with us, that knowing that despite our inability to follow, to live up to even our own expectations, let alone to perfection, to spotlessness, that you've given us grace and provide us mercy. So we pray that we would follow you as a result of this that we would live our lives in light of this truth, not trying to earn it, but to receive it. Amen. If you're at home, dispose of your dishes, however is appropriate. If you are here in the room, uh, you can take the cups, and on your way out there are some blue buckets. You can just drop them in there, and we will dispose of them for you. At this time, Mr. Seth Spiegel is going to come up and read. We are going to start uh, going through the Gospel of John. That's um, in your scripture or in, in your in a paper Bible. That will be the the fourth Gospel. So it's New Testament. So about two thirds of the way through, and uh, you'll see Matthew, Mark, Luke, and you'll see John. If you get into Acts or Romans, come back a little bit to your left, and we're going to be in John chapter twenty. I know it's a weird spot to to start the book of John, but do we have anybody? that uh, grew up uh, reading Hebrew, okay? Uh, just for the record, uh, for those of you out here, nobody in the room said they did. Uh, anybody grow up reading Greek, especially you know, ancient Greek? Okay, also, none of us. Um, and so there are some things that are going on in the, even the first couple chapters of John that as non-Greek and non-Hebrew reading people, we miss, and so I want to start in, in chapter 20 just to give us an idea of what John is trying to do. And then next week, we'll start in John chapter 1. Uh, so we'll be looking at John chapter 20, verses 24 through 31. And, uh, and if you have a, a mobile device and you want to take that out and follow along, feel free to do so. And um, if neither of those options are available to you here in-house, the words will be displayed on the screen behind me. So, Seth, whenever you're ready. Now, Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see his hand, in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails 
and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Amen. Thank you, Seth. And Lord, thank you that we're able to gather and to read your word. We pray that it would inform us and help us to know you more. Amen. Okay. Kids, at this time, you can head on out this direction. And we've got great stuff planned for you back there. And so, Lord, we thank you for Solomon and for Wyatt and for Duncan and for Lily and for Ava and for Molly. And God, we pray that we would continue to grow more and more uh, in your image, that we would disciple these kids to do the same. Amen. Uh, Irish poetry, anyone? Yeah, yeah, there we go. One of, my, one of my favorite lines of Irish poetry goes something like this. But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Yeah, you too, anybody? All right, there we go. So yeah, it's one of the greats. And how many of us, I mean, does, I just, even every time I hear that song, every time I come back to it, there's something about that song that, that man, it just speaks to, to what I got going on in life, or it speaks to what's happening, or what I see happening in the world around us. Anybody else just kind of feel those words, whether you like you too or not, whether you like Irish poetry or not, do those words that in some regard speak to what is true about what's going on within you? Are there things that, that we long for that, man, we just still haven't quite found it? If you've ever felt that, or if you feel that now, that isn't, uh, that isn't necessarily unique to your circumstance. It isn't unique to this day and age. It isn't unique to this present moment, but this is actually something that has been going on for thousands of years, and that's, this is the, the reason that John is writing. So um, I don't know, if, if you're like me and, and you, you read you know, the first time I remember kind of going through the Bible and seeing, okay, I got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and, you know, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they kind of tell some similar stories, and then John tells this different story, and, uh, you know, but it's all kind of describing some of the same events from a different vantage point, and, and it was like, why? and then so as I started to kind of think through some of this, I'm going, okay, why did John write this? And so what's happening here is, is if, if you're like me, I mean, anybody else just think that the disciples are just kind of walking around and just writing down? Like it was just kind of like Jesus paparazzi? Like, oh, that was cool. Okay, 5,000 people. Okay, we're going to just go like, come up. Yeah, Jesus. Okay, well, what are you today? Okay, we had the 12. Yeah, we got this. Okay, next event. You know, and just if, if, if social media had been around, like these guys would just be the, the media curators for Jesus. 
Like, does anybody else ever kind of think that way? I mean, like, like, that's how I viewed it, right? I was just thinking, okay, these guys are just writing it down, writing history. Except the way that the ancients thought about history is very different than the way that we think about history. And so the way that John, the way that John is, is writing his, his gospel, the way that he's constructing his messages, is he's writing it for a purpose. Like so often in Western thought, we think about history and stories, and we want accuracy, we want it in chronological order down to the detail. We want it time-stamped, right? And so in the ancients, it was like, no, we're, we're going to convey information, and we're going to present two options of, of ways of living. And so John is going to continually offer his, do you want to receive this truth, or do you want to reject this truth? Do you want to have life in his name, or do you want to just keep doing things on your own? and seeing how well that still doesn't work for you. And, and so what John is doing, this is, this is taking place. John had been a disciple of Jesus. He'd been, a friend, he'd been following Jesus for a number of years. And then he'd, he'd set up camp in Jerusalem, and then actually due to, ironically enough, the persecution of this guy named Saul, was likely you know, left Jerusalem to go out and, and support and, and travel around and, and speak to Christians around uh, you know, the ancient Near East, around what you know, modern-day Israel and Palestine, modern-day Turkey, and, and starting to head over in toward Asia. And then even more ironically, that guy named Saul, who would then become Paul and who would write a quarter of the New Testament, uh, planted a church in Ephesus, and we, we spent time in, in 2019 just going through the six chapters of the book of Ephesians, the letter that Paul wrote back to that church. And along the way, John and Paul actually rub shoulders a couple times. We have some, some document of that in, in the book of Acts. And it's highly likely there's, there's a couple different, we don't really know where John was when he was writing this. But one of the places, the most likely, was that he was actually writing this in Ephesus. So the church that, planted, that Paul had planted, John is actually swinging back around to pastor as John is, is traveling around planting more churches. And so John is writing to people that, that, that are both very Jewish in their thinking, that, that speak Hebrew, that, that have a very great knowledge of the Old Testament. He's going to use some, some, there's going to be seven different I am statements that he's going to use throughout this, that we're going to look at in more in depth, that he uses throughout the gospel to, to communicate to them. But then he's also going to take those and they're going to be a direct affront to uh, various uh, cultural and even um, theistic strongholds in the Hellenized world. So if you were Greek thinking or Greek reading, he's going he's gonna to attack both and kind of present Jesus as better than, than the previous options simultaneously. And so we'll, we'll get more into that. So um, with that, so we've got, he's writing, so John is writing, and if we can, um, I think we've got that, that does anyone remember the, the Temple of Artemis? We talked about that. I mean, I know it was like two years ago and a lot's happened. So, so John is, is one of the places where he's at least seen this um, and whether he's writing from, you know, kind of the shadow of this building or not is, uh, is less important, but he's at least been there. Does, it, does anyone remember? So this Temple of Artemis, this is where, this is in Ephesus. Paul had written from there. Um, and so this is kind of a big building. Anyone remember how tall it was? Right now, Max Annan at home is like, it was 60 feet tall. It's 420 feet long and it's 220 feet wide. But uh, yeah, so Max, way to go. I'm sure you, you remembered that. Um, but anyway, so it's, it's huge, right? So it's bigger than, bigger than a football field and, uh, and, and, you know, 220 feet wide, 60 feet tall, all these columns, whatever else. And this was the temple of Artemis. And that was a, a Greek, 
goddess. And so John is going to write in, in direct opposition to, to her and to many of the others. Because, and why is he doing this? Because regardless of where we are in history, we've all longed for and, and we're craving for our heart to be found and, and for, our, for, for our lives to be restored in Christ, for that which was lost to be found. And, and so we're looking for possession to satisfy us. Or maybe it isn't possession, maybe it's power. And if it isn't power, it's prestige. And if it isn't prestige, it's performance, right? We've, we've talked about this for the last few weeks, and these, these all kind of inform the different ways in which we, we display our brokenness, right? Or, or these, that we look for meaning in these different things. And John is going to take some time, and he's going to walk through, and he's going to just address all of these different areas and help us to see that, hey, if you're looking for, for this to come through power, and Jesus is better. If you think that your life is going to be identified by what you own, and Jesus is better. If you think that 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 relational prestige and, and like that that you're going to be awesome at like in a relationship or at relationships, and Jesus is better. And if you're looking for performance, if you think that you can just outdo, you know, things in life to to find meaning, you can say, man, Jesus is better. So let's look at the text. Uh, we'll start at the end of 29. Jesus says, so there's this, um, so Thomas had not been around the disciples when Jesus had appeared to him. And so then uh, a little while later, Jesus is hanging out with the disciples again. Thomas shows up and he's like, whoa, like you were dead. Now you're not. That's wild. Anybody else ever had that experience? No, that's, I mean, you'd, right? Would you not kind of just like, holy smokes. And, and so Thomas, who'd been doubting this entire time, who'd, who'd always been a little bit skeptical, was always the guy who was kind of asking the questions and going, no, I'd really like to see some evidence. Jesus is like, well, yeah, I mean, go ahead, dude. Like, here I am. And so Jesus proclaims, my Lord and my God, you are my God. And Jesus said, have you, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And so John is writing because he's like, I don't know if, if Jesus is going to keep popping up in front of people. He said he's going to leave us his spirit. And so this is after Pentecost. So John is like, yeah, like the Holy Spirit is, is going to come in and show himself to people. And, and so I need to write something down that will help people who have not seen Jesus physically to see Jesus clearly. So he says, now Jesus had many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. Again, so we're going to talk about it. He's going to do some signs, and there's going to be some I am statements. He's like, hey, look, I'm writing this not because I want to just fill a bunch of pages. Right? Anybody ever read a, uh, a systematic theology book over a thousand pages? Yeah, a, a few of us. Did, was it enjoyable? Yeah, sure, okay, just to the people that like to suffer. Um, like, why, you know, but like how many of us have read a tweet before or something like under a paragraph? Uh, more of us, right? Why? It takes less time. It's usually more enjoyable, right? We don't have to slog through it. And John's like, hey, I want to keep my message as concise and as clear as possible. Now, uh, the, the people had a little longer attention span in John's day than they do now. And so if you were to listen to this, like if you go online, you could actually listen to this. It'll take you about you know, an hour and change. Um, and so John's like, I'm, I want to present this to you in a way that you can understand. I don't want to bog you down. I want to get lost in the weeds. 
And so he's going to write very simply, but then he's also going to write some things that are just so complex all at the same time. And he's going to say, you're just going to keep coming back and keep chewing on it. He says, but I didn't write them all down. He says, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. Now, I find that interesting. Anybody grow up with a church background that think that Christ was Jesus' last name? Like, you'd walk up and, and be like, hey, I'm Mike Gary, and he'd come up and be like, I'm Jesus Christ. Any, anybody else? Or like, you can call me, you know, if he was a teacher, we'd call him like Mr. Mr. Christ or like Dr. Christ or something like that. Anybody else? Or was I just the only confused one? Okay, good. I'm, I'm glad I'm not alone. Also, the one that liked to read the 5,000 pages of systematic theology lost that too. Good. Perfect. I'm in good company. And, and so what this, so, but what it was is a title, right? So Jesus is not, not just, oh, of the house of Christ. He's not from the line of Christ. He is the Christ. And so let's talk a little bit about what is the Christ. What does that mean? So the Christ meant that he was the Messiah, the Mashiach in Hebrew. And this meant Savior. And, there, there, and, and so there, was, there were different sorts of, of, quote, saviors, right? So sometimes David was referred to as a type of Savior, someone who had, had you know, that you could be a king, it could be a political leader. But then John is saying, no, 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 above all of that, hot, greater than a king, greater than a priest, greater than a prophet, Jesus is the Christ, the one and only. Nobody who has come before, nobody who will come after, nothing is better than Jesus. Nothing can save you like Jesus can save you. I need you to see that. So that's what John is trying to communicate to the people. He's saying Jesus is the Christ. He is the Son of God and that by believing in him, by believing in, in what, what Thomas was not quite sure about and believing that, that Jesus is the Son of God, you would have life and have life in his name. And again, we start to end wondering, what is it in his name? Anybody been inside of a name before? Like, is that, was that confusing to anybody? I was like, yeah, life in his name. Like, is, is his name a house? Like, his name is, like, is that a place I can go? What, what does it mean to me in his name? So in his name, uh, it just kind of, this is the, the manifestation or the, re, or the revelation of someone's character. Okay, so it's the manifestation or the revelation of someone's character. How, does, how is someone present? How do they show themselves? And so it's, it's presence. And so what kind of presence does Jesus have? What does it look like to be in the presence of God, to be in his name? What, is, what does Jesus have? What, what is John trying to communicate? And we're going to see throughout John's gospel, he's, he's going to talk about Jesus as a good shepherd. He's going to talk about Jesus as a door. He's going to talk about Jesus as the way of life. He's going to talk about him as a resurrection. We're going to constantly see that he's going to say, hey, you can, you can choose life or you can choose death. You can choose to receive or you can choose to reject. And so what is it that John wants us to see? What is it that we're going to spend the next year just looking at John talking about? He's going to say, Jesus is the Messiah. He's going to say that Jesus is better. Everything that you thought, oh, this is, I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to get this or I'm going to obtain this or I'm going to understand this, I'm going to know this, I'm going to find this. Whatever the this is, John is going to say, that is all going to fade away. If it's material, it's going to end up in, in a garage sale or a dumpster someday. If it's something less tangible, it's going to fail you at some point. Jesus is better. 
that Jesus is the Savior and that he is going to bring perfect, spotless, resurrecting life to the full to those who believe. You don't have to clean yourself up to get it. He's going to help you do that. He's going to do that for you. So why, why, and so why does John want us to do this? Well, because we see that there's, we have all these false gods. You know, sometimes when we think about the ancients, we think about these little trinkets and toys and whatever, and you're like, well, I don't have a weird, you know, human animal thing that I bow down to and before I eat my breakfast. No, but we certainly have things that we, that we do that would, that would control us, Right? that we, we seek to, to do, or we, we, maybe we have an activity. So um, I've used biking in the past, right? So let's say for me personally, if I want to go out and I want to ride my bike and I do everything so that I can ride my bike, am I, am I living or am I, am I just serving my bike? Like how good of an idol is a bike? It's not very good because prone to rust and breaking down and not shifting properly and all these other things, right? But this also helps us to enjoy what we have. We see that possession, prestige, power, performance, these are, these are things that, that speak to deeper desires within us. And, and then we're able to, as a result, enjoy these. Because if we don't, we continue with false expectations. Anybody ever thought that, that uh, you know, life was crummy, they got a new job, and you thought, oh, yeah, this is, this is going to be the ticket? Anybody ever, you know, you're thinking, oh, this, you know, if I can just get to next semester, like this past semester was kind of a bummer, grades were a little bit rough, the friend circle wasn't awesome, I can't wait till I get into, you know, the, the next semester, I'm going to be in, I'm going to be in, you know, I'm going to have a, a different teacher, and I'll have some different friends, and that'll be okay. Anybody ever felt that in their life? Anybody ever just thought, man, if I get like a different relationship, like, if I ever just, like, improve the relationship that I have with my kids, that would be better. If I can improve the relationship that I have with my parents, that would be better. If I could find a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a husband, a wife, like, then life would be better. Anybody ever thought that? Everybody ever think that and, like, it was good for a little while, and then all of a sudden you realize that relationships still take work and that you're still in a relationship with two broken people and that they don't, like, come together like a jigsaw puzzle and make wholeness? Ever, and we're going to go, oh man, Jerry, Jerry Maguire lied to me. Dang it. Oh, take two fractured people and put them together and they don't, they don't form a perfect union. They actually just form double the fracture. Bummer. Yeah. Anybody ever think, oh, gosh, if I could just get this particular skill, like you just thought, oh, I'm, I'm really getting good at this. And if I could just be the best, then, then I'll, maybe my life will finally have meaning and I'll finally be whole. And then you get there only to realize that some young buck came up behind you and passed you up. Dang it. Like, that's a bummer, right? Or you go online and realize that somebody like two counties over was better at you already. Like, oh, shoot, I can't, I'm not, I just don't measure up. Now, there's, there's two different th- ways that we can approach this, right? We can, maybe three. We can, we can re- what, and what I see and, and what's kind of tempting is to just reject it wholeheartedly. Just say, well, I'm, I'm just not, I just don't care about stuff. I don't, I don't care about getting better. I don't care about a title. I don't care about people. I'm just going to check out and, and, 
and we, we follow that to let its logical end, and, and what do we call that? What's well, nihilism? It's empty. Or we're we just going to say, I'm just going to, I'm just, I'm just going to empty myself of, of all things. Well, the, the problem is that we, we've been designed contrary to that, have we not? The Lord says, hey, be fruitful and multiply. Go, work, build, do things. Participate in the knowledge of me. Or we just kind of believe in, in a vague something, right? Like, I, I believe in, in, in something. And you can name what that is. But unless that name is Jesus, it's always going to fall short. It's always going to leave us lacking. So what do we do as a result? Well, Paul has, Paul says it best in his letter to the Colossians. He says, then if you've been raised with Christ, if you, so if you've believed, if you've, if you've said, okay, yeah, Jesus, I don't, I don't have to see, I don't have to put my hands in the side like Thomas did, but I believe in your name. I believe that you are the Messiah. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you have risen from the dead and that you invite me into that life with you. He says that if then you've been raised with Christ, see things that are from above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. Set your mind on the kingdom, on the heavenly kingdom, not our earthly kingdom. It says, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is in your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too have once walked when you were living in them. I always love the buts. Whenever, I, whenever I'm reading scripture, I love, it's just always so good. It brings so much hope. It says, but you must put them all away. Mang- anger, wrath, and malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and you have put on the new self. Jesus says, man, just let the old ways die. Don't be afraid of letting the bad ways go. Don't be afraid of letting your sin die. I will raise you again in new and true life. Because how many of us, I mean, it's, it's tough, right? You think like, you know, I, I, I kind of like moving along in life the way that it is. And you think, oh, I might have to change? Ooh, I don't know about that. Anybody really like to change? Last year would prove like we all have a threshold of how much change we can handle. He says, put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. He said that you have been made in the image of God. And no matter how much it's been marred, you might look and go, yeah, I don't know, but like I've, I've not treated this image well. I'm coming, you know, you might be saying, hey, you know, Jesus, I'm, I'm coming to you pretty scarred, marred, and broken. And Jesus says, yeah, we, let's do that. We can fix that. Nothing is beyond repair in the kingdom of God. 
It says there is not Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. That's Paul just saying code for everybody's got a seat at the table if they want it. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. So this is saying, hey, if you're, if you're following Christ, you are the holy and the beloved. Doesn't matter, there's no qualifier. not saying, hey, if you follow Christ as good as Paul or as good as John or as good as pick your favorite person. He's saying, if you are following Christ, if you have, been, if you have said that I am all in, if you have said, yeah, I've repented, if you are living in Christ's name, he's going to call you holy and beloved. He says, put on compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. So as we think about what does it look like to live in Jesus' name, what do I do as a result? I walk and live in compassion. Be kind. Be humble. Be meek. Be patient. Bear with one another. Anybody ever, you know, in the last couple of months just looked at somebody else and just thought, Man, I can't stand you. Man, you're driving me crazy. Whether they were like in front of you or like on TV or the radio or, or something else. I say, hey, bear with one another. We're far more dynamic than we think. So often we, 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 we appreciate the hope that is found in Jesus, but we don't always think that it's possible or alive in others. I saying, bear with one another. And if you have a complaint, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must also forgive and above all else put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony and let peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and thankfulness in your hearts. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father through him. He's just saying, hey, look, you're looking for power? That's okay, you've been designed to work. You've been designed to do. But remember that God is greater. And so see the power that you have as something to be, to be stewarded well and held in Christ's name, to use to further the understanding of the glory and the nature of God? Are you looking for meaning in relationships? Understand that, that there is no relationship more glorious than Jesus. There's no, there's no relationship, there's no relationship that's going to make you more whole than a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you want stuff, right? Maybe you're just thinking, gosh, if, if I could just get this part, whatever this thing is. It's not necessarily an evil desire, but, but understand that, you know, because yeah, we've, been, we've been designed to build, right? We're not, this isn't a spirituality of, of emptying. This is a spirituality of, 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 of receiving. So it's, it's something, Right? So that God is good. So there's no possession out there that's going to make you whole like Jesus makes you whole. 
There's nothing that we can do or nothing we can be, no, no, no collegiate or academic ascent that will exceed to knowing his grace and receiving his mercy and his love. So brass tacks, what are the things that we can do? And repent. Receive the gift. John's putting it out and saying, hey, you can either receive this or you can reject it. You can walk with Christ or you can walk away from Christ. What's your choice? What do you want to do? And I know that sometimes we, it's, it's easy as a, as, a, as a follower of Christ to be like, I, I repented. I, I had that one time, like my spiritual birthday. That was a while ago. But every single day we're to be people that repent. This is why in our groups we, t- we take time for confession. Because when we repent, we become people who are meek, who are humble, who are kind, who are compassionate, who see others as holy and beloved, who begin to forgive as Christ has forgiven us because we're aware of our own brokenness and we're aware of our own need and we're aware of the fact that God is good and gracious and glorious and that we are not. And that whenever we look for these answers to be found in anything but Jesus, it's going to come up short. So a few things to think about. Whether you're a receiver or a rejecter, over what are you looking for control? Where are you looking for control? This will, this will identify where you're looking for power in your life. And you might resonate with one of these more than another and, and at different phases of your life. There are some of these questions that are going to hit home and, and some that are not. So however the Lord is speaking to you, engage with the questions that way. Don't seek to go through and, and answer every single one of them. Some of them may have no meaning or bearing in your life in this moment, and that's okay. So whether you receive Christ or reject Christ, or over what are you looking for control? Of what are you afraid? This gets at prestige to what are you looking for satisfaction this is over kind of our, our, our desire to uh, our control perform what are you doing to prove yourself either to yourself or to others this begins to talk about our need for performance Where are we looking to outdo one another so that we can be okay in the eyes of others or in the eyes of self? And then how does focusing on Jesus' greatness, glory, goodness, and grace satisfy my need for power, prestige, possession, and performance? So when we hear God's voice, We remember, we remind, and we rejoice. So let's remember that Jesus is the Messiah. Let's remind ourselves and others that Jesus is better. And let's rejoice over the fact that he's taking all that that is evil within us and putting it to death and raising us again to new life in his name. Continue to pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather. We pray, Lord, that you would continue to speak to us, that we would listen to you. Lord, we pray and we we thank you that 
You've given us signs and, and symbols and, and things that we can, we can see. But if we can't see you physically, that you've left your spirit with us to reveal these things to us. And so Lord, we pray that you would reveal these things to us as we are here. Help us to understand you and to see you more clearly. We thank you for the opportunity to gather and to worship. We pray that you continue to humble us. Help us to receive and give compassion and to live as your holy and beloved. You were the word at the beginning, one with God, the Lord most high. You're hidden glory in creation, now revealed in you. beautiful name it is what a beautiful name it is the name of jesus christ my king what a beautiful name it is nothing compares to this what a beautiful name it is the name of jesus You didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you brought heaven down. My sin was great, your love was greater. What could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. Yours is the glory, yours is the name. 
powerful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my What a powerful name it is, nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is, the Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. Yours is the name above all names. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. Yours is the name above all names. And yours is Then go to a world that is dying. 
Feel free to have a seat before the benediction. Um, just a quick word of, of some family business. Uh, if you have ever, um, if you ever listened to the podcast, if you've ever been in here and you have heard uh, things well, or if the lights have um, brought you any sort of uh, of aid, if you've been able to see uh, in here, um, that is is due uh, in in. In, in part to a man named Mike Vote, um, and Mike lost his bo- his battle with colon cancer um, earlier this past week, and uh, and so we have no funeral arrangements uh, to be um, given yet, but in the next few days those uh, will be made available, and so just keep your eye on um, Facebook and uh, other social media outlets, and then Nick will also be sending out an email, so. Uh, join with me in, in prayer for uh, Mike's family. Uh, Lord, we, we grieve and we mourn our brother. Um, he suffered uh, silently. Is not one prone to, to complaint. Didn't want to be a burden. And he was such a delight. He was pleasant to be around. And so we pray for his family, that they would be comforted in their loss. We pray for his, his family here, those who knew him and who were able to spend time with him. We pray that we would be comforted in, not in the knowledge of, in the knowledge of, of you, the knowledge of your grace, your salvific power, your resurrection. We know that there are no words that will bring immediate comfort, Lord. And help us to be patient in our healing. Amen. As you go out this week, may you go out in light of the resurrection. May you go out in light of who Jesus is. May you go out carrying his grace and his mercy to the world so desperately looking for it. Thanks for being here today. We'll see you next Sunday. Go in peace.